Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. All right, welcome back to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. I am really, really excited. I always say that. Every episode I say, I'm really, really excited, but I really am excited because I'm here with not only a brilliant, savvy, amazing woman entrepreneur, but also a really good friend of mine who's a really important relationship because we're really good friends, but also because she's like a hugely important relationship in my business. She has so much value to offer and I'm just excited we got her on the show. Her name's Patricia. Patricia, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Jeff. Um, so welcome to Millionaire Secrets. I, as I know you know, you're, you're a fan of the show, but you know we're, we're here to basically pull down all the glitz and glamour behind or in front of you know who we really are we being you know people that have gotten our butts kicked long enough to emerge successful um and and we want to connect with people that have that as an aspiration and hopefully provide them inspiration about like what it takes and and that it's real and how to make it real so if you're comfortable i just want to get right into the real raw not even always pretty truth of like how someone like you become someone like you. Does okay. that make sense? Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, so for a little bit of context for everyone, uh, I know Patricia, she was introduced to me at a really critical time in my business growth pattern when I'd gotten pretty good at a few things. I'd gotten pretty good at like selling and making money, I guess, for lack of a less crude way to put it. And one of the things about making money or selling is you actually have to be able to collect money. It's kind of a big deal. And when you're starting out, a lot of people don't think about that. They just kind of assume like, well, you know, of course, if I make a sale, if somebody wants to pay me, I can get the money. They can Venmo me or something, right? But you get to a level pretty quickly with, with online com or even offline commerce. But, you know, in my case, online commerce, like if you're trying to collect hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you know, particularly through credit cards, like you can't Venmo if you try to set up a Venmo account and sell a, a $500 product 47 times a day for, for a month, Venmo is going to not let you keep doing that, right? And so you, you enter into this labyrinthine world called merchant processing, payments processing, and you meet all these, these people that pop up once they know that you, you represent a revenue opportunity and that money is circulating around you and they tell you all kinds of stuff and they promise you all kinds of things and you and if you're me you learn the hard way over literally a decade that this world is a very self can be a very self-serving world and, and I thought was exclusively a very self-serving world and I got very jaded about it until I honestly until I met Patricia and she was introduced to me by someone who said listen if you want to grow a business from you know a couple million dollars a year to a couple dozen million dollars a year or beyond, you've got to have a relationship like this in your life. And that was the relationship that I now have with Patricia. And I can, you know, I can tell you, I can tell anyone listening to this that you're going to get to a point, if you get to a point where you need to know someone like Patricia, A, good on you, congratulations on the growth, and B, Patricia is the right person for you to know at that stage. But in the meantime, as I've gotten to know her, she's just a baller entrepreneur. And so I don't think you need to wait until you're ready to collect, you know, $5 million in a month to meet Patricia. I think everybody needs to meet Patricia now. And then, so therefore here she is. Patricia, that was like a long winded story <laughs> intro, but like now you know what you mean to me. 
And, uh, but I want to know even selfishly, like how did you get where you are? How did you become that person that someone like me gets introduced to? Sure. So, I mean, I, I think the introduction says enough and we should just end the interview because I can't ever describe myself as, as nicely and good as you have. You're going to get a recording of this, so feel free to use Perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of, I know, you know, Jeff, you and I have talked a lot about our past and our history and everyone. And, and I have conversations all the time with even other people that are in our industry saying, oh, well, you know, you kind of stepped in good luck. You know, you, you were in the right place at the, at the right time. And, and really, it, I hear that at, at nauseam, right? The number right. of times that, that people say that to me. And I'm like, you have no idea, you know, where I started. And, and for me, and I think we've had this discussion even about um, back in high school, right? I was an awful student. And the reason I was a terrible student was because I had ADD. I could not... I could not sit in a classroom. I could not listen to teachers talking to me. Um, it was something that I just, it was impossible for me to do. And I did really, really bad in school. And, and I had a teacher that actually told me, you know, she said, you need to drop out and, and go be a waitress because at least you could be running around the school and, and or, you know, running around a restaurant. And, you know, at that point, I was like, I'm going to, if, if I have to go work for somebody, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. If I have to be in an office and I have to go, you know, listen to somebody, there's no way I'm going to be able to be a successful person. So, you know, in one sense, so after high school, I ended up um, working for the first company to do the first transaction online. It was actually a company called Internet Billing Company out of Florida. Mm. Um, now you can say, yes, did I get lucky in the sense that I worked for an internet company, you know, one of the first internet companies? Yes, I, I worked in customer support. Um, I got fired from customer support because I was terrible on the telephone. But what they did was they gave me the opportunity to start cold calling anybody who had a website online. So um, one of the first emails that I sent from my AOL account was to starwars.com because they had a, a URL starwars.com up there. And I said, all right, this could, you know, this looks like a good account to, to email. And they ended up flying me out to Marin County. Um, I helped Star Wars launch their subscription website. And from there, it kind of just started snowballing. You know, I realized that I definitely did not have to go to college, that the internet was where I was going to be. Um, but along the way, so I ended up over the course of about five years, I ended up closing um, Major League Baseball, Time Magazine. I helped Time Magazine digitize all their archives, um, NASCAR implement their, their subscription billing. And I was closing all of these really major, major high profile accounts. And yet I was making $28,000 a year. So how old were you when this was happening? I was, so it would have been, I probably was like 23, 23 yeah. years old. And how many people worked for internet billing company? I was their fifth employee um, at the time. So in, in 98, I was their fifth employee. I, I want to say I was about their fifth employee. How, how many people started, ended up working there? How many people would you say came through? Uh, 250 ended up working. And, and they all went on to make millions and millions of dollars and be major players in payments, right? No. <laughs> oh, so, so you mean it's not just about being in the right place at the right time. You actually correct. have to be something special about you. Okay. Correct. So, so here is, here is the turning point. And, <laughs> right. and I really owe this to my family for this one because so we had a choice. So internet billing was all adult. It was 100% adult websites. That's how the company started because that's all that was billing online. 
That company did $800 million in year two in, in subscription billing. When the management team wanted to go public, they asked me to go get away from adult and go start after the mainstream. So, and, and for anybody that doesn't know, adult, yeah. you mean porn? Yes, correct. Okay, right, right. Adult websites, that's where it all started. Chris Malik back in the day, like the beginning of the internet. Right. Um, and, you know, here I thought I was making such a great decision going and doing this mainstream stuff. I mean, I was closing monumental mainstream accounts that Ibo was putting all over their website, Star Wars, this, this. And, and yet I'm watching all of the guys and girls that were on the adult side all of a sudden buying brand new Mercedes, buying all this thing. And I'm going, what did I do? Like, why did I, you know, why didn't I stay on the adult side where everyone was making money? And here I'm getting, you know, a $500 commission check. They, they were getting shafted and you were getting shafted. They, but, yeah, they, they were, they, right. So yeah, they were making <laughs> so much but, money. Uh, Patricia and I are really good friends. So I could make that, I wouldn't normally yes. make that joke, but. Exactly. Yeah. You're allowed, you're allowed to make this joke. So I was, <laughs> I was literally getting screwed and you know, I was like, it took me a hard time. And I, I went to my family and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to get out of the industry. And, and it took my mom and my uncle, my brother. And they're like, you know what? Think about in the next five years where your path's going to go and you're going to be able to tout that you closed Star Wars and you closed this and you closed this and this other group, they're going to be able to throw out some porn sites, right? As, as their references. And that really changed the entire direction of my life. And I, I basically said, all right, well, I have now become the neuroscience neuroscientist of the payments industry. And yet here I am working for someone else building someone else's future, building their revenue, you know, they're becoming rich. And I'm, I'm begging for that commission check, you know, I'm begging for that 4% raise. And, and it's funny, because I, a few weeks ago, I actually found my old reviews, you know, where you get, you get your reviews and, right. and it said, Patricia has done this, 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 and this, and she's gotten a 10% raise. And I think, you know, I got up, I think at that point, I was up to maybe $48,000 a year. And yet the people who were selling the adult that it started after, they were making $250,000 a year as inside sales reps. Yeah. So, you know, in one sense I did get lucky, but in another sense, it took my tenacity and me to say, I'm not going to sit here and be the one that has all of this knowledge and, and keep on building someone else's house. So that's what made me go on my own and and start my own consulting business, basically. And so for anyone that doesn't know, which I, I tend to, you know, I think is the vast majority of people don't really have a clue how the payments industry works and why would you, right? Right. I, I, I was pretty far into my internet career and I still had no idea. You know, when, when Patricia, when you say you were the neuroscientist, I assume what you're talking about is, you know, that at that early stage of internet commerce, banks probably had no idea really how to size up this type of commerce and Correct. calculate the risk and understand what the actual economic or transaction potential was. And so yeah. you were the one having to, I assume, sort of translate between the merchants and the banks and, and basically actually speak a language that at that time didn't even exist because they right. didn't know how to speak to each other. And yeah. so am I right in yeah. that's 100%. actually what you were creating? Creating, dialogue. Yeah. So if you think about um, Sony Music, right? So Sony Music came out and said, hey, we want to launch these fan clubs for Shakira and Little Bow Wow, remember during, so think right. how far 
back that was, right? This is when she came out. If you go to a traditional bank, you know, think of think of your normal banks because because internet banks didn't exist, right? That mm-hmm. that wasn't anything. These were these were basically like iBill was what Stripe is today or PayPal is today. Mm-hmm. That was iBill back then. It was an aggregator type of all-in-one solution. So when you go to a bank and you say, hey, so Sony wants to launch these fan clubs, they're going to be charging people monthly. The word subscription didn't exist. It just existed in in adult. That was the only place. And now you're taking that and saying, okay, let's put this, start putting this into mainstream stuff. Um, and, And having to basically explain that to banks and educate banks and saying, guys, there's a really good opportunity here. You're used to making pennies on transactions, your basis points. How about I come to you and bring you these, these high margin, unique type of opportunities, and I'm gonna show you how to actually board them and then also maintain them. Um, you know, what does exposure look like? Look at a Groupon. Think of how bizarre a Groupon model looked when it first came out. Right to tell me you want to take, you, you want to be the merchant of record. You want to let millions of, of customers buy vouchers from thousands of other merchants that you hold no liability on, right? So those were the kind of things where I said, this is what I'm great at doing. Yeah, I was, I was in the internet space early on, but how many people were going to take it to the next level and say, listen, I'm not just going to come into the bank and to the merchant. I'm going to, I'm going to put you two together and I'm going to show you why this is the perfect marriage. And I'm going to break down for you why it's going to be lucrative, but it's also going to be safe and protect your bank. So that's when I say neuroscience, that's what I mean is that I took it. I decided to take what I knew and then transcend and say, all right, now let's start going globally. Let's go to Europe and start doing this. Let's go to Mauritius and start doing this. Um, what other industries can we tackle? Now let's get into nutraceuticals. Now look at where, look at where CBD is, right? Yeah three years ago. And, and I didn't know the first thing about CBD three years ago. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be the expert in it. I bought a t-shirt that said, now I know my CBDs. I learned everything there was to know about CBD, started talking to the regulators. And, and that's what it is. I know how to, I think that's what makes an entrepreneur is knowing what you're great at and then knowing how to position yourself and making sure that you have the knowledge to back it up. Yeah. So I'm, and I appreciate you sort of naturally honing in on these like these high leverage, you know, kind of game changing qualities about yourself. Cause the, you know, the whole point of this show, the million millionaire secrets, right. is like, what are those, you know, codes that unlock all the massive potential and opportunity that's out there. And I'm always looking for that. And you're, you're sort of naturally sharing them, which I appreciate what I'm hearing from you to, to kind of run your story through my own translator is a, you were really good at, at seeing an opportunity that involved a collaboration between two parties who didn't understand each other or didn't see necessarily the value in each other and saying, okay, I need to go, I need to put these two parties together that are sort of naturally, they're like two dogs, like sniffing each other. Right. Yeah. And all they're seeing are like, the features and this and the surface level stuff and you're like no i need to get in and translate to each other to the between the parties all the benefits and all the opportunity and we always talk about feature selling versus benefit selling you had to get these guys selling benefits to each other when they were they were each trying to understand each other's features is that a, a fair way to say it perfect analogy and and the other thing i love that you said is like 
like, and it's so obvious to you and me now, and, and it's, you know, this is what I preach to people all the time is like the, when you're dealing with digital products, the, the potential margins, just the ability to earn income is generally speaking so much higher than physical products. So like you're talking about going into a bank and saying, look, I know when you think subscription, you're, you're probably thinking newspapers or magazines, right? Well, imagine if we didn't have to chop down trees and we didn't have to distill ink and we didn't have to mail anything and we didn't have to pay the postman and we didn't have to put the gas in the postman's truck and we didn't have all these physical logistics costs. And all we do is get paid for the information that gets delivered at the speed of light in the blink of an eye with a flick of a switch and it doesn't cost any, you know, costs everybody one, one thousandth of a penny. Yep. And, 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 and the bank is over there going, no, that sounds too risky. And you're the one having to go, don't be an idiot. Right. This sounds like the most amazing business in the world. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yep. And, and, and that was, so I think being an entrepreneur and like, and you know, I always am watching your, obviously your videos and I read your content because not only are we friends, but I think that you give the right message to people and it's, you're not selling vapor. You're not saying, you know, uh, you're going to make a gazillion dollars just by selling this. You're showing people that, you know, you have to find something. I, I believe you have to find something that you're passionate about. Right. And even if you're not, even if it's not something that you're, you know, your end all be all, but if you put your dedication into something and you know, you say you could find all the value features in it and you could say, this is how I'm going to earn a living to do the other things that I want to do that I am passionate about, then that's a win-win, right? That's, that's really what life is all about. That, that maybe for me payments, like I love payments, right? I, I, I live it. I breathe it because it's always changing. Funny enough for, for, an, for a hyperactive brain, digital is the best thing for it because regardless if it's payments, regardless if it's traffic, regardless if it's domain buying, whatever it is, you're getting a constant high because it's always changing. Nothing's ever, ever the same. And so it keeps your interest and it makes, and you see the money you go, oh, wow. So that did happen. And I did make money off of it. You know? So, um, I just think that, you know, one of, one of my strong suits that I always kind of go is that I, I am able to show people the value in something. And I think that's a skill that you have to hone in on, right? It's not something, some people are natural salespeople. And that's, that's what, I'm sure you get this a lot where people are like, well, I'm not good at sales, right? That's, that's one of the, well, I, I don't think I could do this because I'm not good at sales. It has nothing to do with sales. It has to do about being able to present value and value is benefits. How is it going to benefit you? How is it going to benefit them? And then showing that you're able to deliver it. Yeah. And I know, and, and I totally agree. And literally I was, I think it was last week. I don't know. The weeks all run together, but so on one of the shows I did last week, somebody literally said that exact same thing. We like, we deconstructed the statement. I'm not good at sales and reduced it to its most ridiculous, you know, fallacious conclusions that it, it yeah, it, that's like saying I'm not good at walking and it's like well i was gonna say that you're, <laughs> walking. you're six months year old years old and you're still in a crib with a binky like right get out, like get out let's practice this thing right but yeah. so and i will say i, I just want to say like you know even for me i've i've personally benefited from what you're describing because there was a point where for you to help me be able to 
do the business that I do, you kind of had to go to, to banks and to the market and be like, listen, there's this guy and he's kind of a digital marketer and he's kind of a digital educator and he's kind of an entrepreneurial coach and he's kind of a personal growth guru and somehow you had to, I mean, and, and all four of those things, by the way, are things that banks look sideways at still. <laughs> right. Somehow you distilled that into a thing that now I, I feel like I have pretty great relationships with banks. And I, I so my point is I've seen your skills in action and, and I know that, that they're, they're magic. Um, and like all, they really are like magic because all magic actually has organic explanations. It's not actually really magic. Right. Um, but okay, so let me ask you this though. At some point, you know, one of the things that's so sexy about payments is the long-term value of the business model, right? The, the fact that when people, once people set up payment processing, as long as you're in business with good businesses, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna run payments for years. It's residual marginal revenue for, you know, the entirety of the history of the business. It's super sticky. Nobody ever wants to change their payments company. So once you land the business, you tend to keep the business as long as right. you're ethical and don't screw it up. Um, and there's just so, and, and plus the fact that like, listen, if you go build a, a payments business of $10,000 a month in residuals, there's a secondary market where you can go sell that book at a pretty big multiple, right? It's like, it's like security contracts or, you know, buying mortgages on the secondary market. There's like a, there's like a pretty monstrous economics behind payments that makes it super lucrative, right? Did you know that when you went into it or did you kind of figure that out as you went? No, I, I mean, when, and that's what I talked about when I was saying how I, I worked for other people, right? So even, and this kind of, this kind of pivots to something else, but when I went out on my own, right, to do the consulting business, um, that was a step that I had taken where I'm like, you know, at that point, and by the way, it was, it was kind of funny because on the low risk side of the business, we made $10. I still remember this $10 per signed application. Right. And right. I'm like, back then I was like, okay, well, if I sign a hundred applications, you know, I'm adding it up with how much I'm making. I had no idea. So even for years, I never knew that there was a residual because all I had ever known was that the management team was making bonuses on the amount of volume that I brought, right? right? And then when I decided to go out on my own and do consulting, I still didn't know because I was going into banks and saying, hey, why don't you get into this business? You could pay me a consulting fee. So at this point, I was still making one-off, one-off, one-off. Mm -hmm. And then um, it wasn't until I had gotten recruited by an actual payments company where they said, hey, I know you're on your own. Why don't you come be our VP of high-risk sales and global sales? And, you know, this is how much you're going to make. And you're also going to make, um, actually, I take that back. You're going to make your salary and you're going to make bonuses, right? And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. It was six figures. So it was a, it was a high six figure job. And then what was funny about it was that I had to build up a book of agents. So I had to be the person who got agents to board business. Now, if you remember, there's always been swipe accounts, right? So there's always been retail swipe merchants in this world. When those merchants, when those agents started coming to me and I'm like, hey, why don't you start boarding with us? And, you know, this is what you're, what's going to be your commission. And we're talking now eight years, nine years into the business. The agent goes, well, how much, you know, I want to, I want to get 50% of revenue. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, well, you'll get bonuses, right? And, and they're like, no, we're not. I get residual income. Like, Wait, what? And so when I, as a VP, I didn't know about this business model until these agents started showing me their commissions. And then when I had to do their reports, I started looking at their residuals and they're making 1,000, 900, 4,000 off this account, 300 off this account. And I'm like, well, how long did they get this for? You know, like, cause I knew my, my bonus schedule, I think was like for 14 or 18 months. That is when I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going out on my own. I'm starting my own company. And that's literally how I started knowing that payments was residual income. And I mean, I couldn't fathom, I couldn't fathom not having a residual business ever in my entire life again. Yeah. Once you go, once you start having residual income, you, you never go back. I mean, I can say, I can, I think I can say this like without hesitation that if somehow my entire internet entrepreneur education business was taken away and I mean, I think I would focus on, I don't know. I'd focus on a few things cause I don't know how to just do one thing, but one of them would be payments. Yeah. Like I would go sell payments. You think about like an inch, if you're talking about the insurance business, oh, you build up residuals and stuff. Think how much work you have to do to go in and sell a family a $500,000 term life insurance policy. Right. So that you can, you know, that, that maybe they, they pay $400 a month and you get $8 a month. Yep. The same amount of work, you could walk into a Mexican restaurant and be like, hey, you guys are doing... $600,000 a month right now, I can shave a quarter point or whatever and, and you'll switch and you'll never have to worry about it again and I'll be your guy. And it's probably an easier conversation because you don't have to like, the husband doesn't have to talk to the wife and they don't have to yeah. you know, be like, oh yeah, but my sister does it. And, da, da. and then you could probably make like $600 a month for as long as the restaurant stays open. Correct. It's, it's and I mean, am I wrong? Am I, I'm not misrepresenting this business, right? right? And, but it goes back to what we always talk about, right? Like you had in your business, you had people before me, you had agents, you had reps, you had people trying to get, because your account, you do well, you, your account makes money, right? right? So for those agents, they all, all they cared about was getting your account live, keeping it live. They thought you'd probably blow up in three months. They thought you'd have this, but as long as they're they're the problem is being a short term thinker. And this is, this is something else for anybody who listens to these things. You have to think of with everything I always thought about my long-term play. I never cared when someone would say, well, um, for your residual, you're going to make, you know, there's someone else in on this deal. You're going to make 25%. All these other agents still do this to this day. They're like, well, I need to make 50%. I will take that 10, 20% all day long and split it because I know I could probably keep it for the next 10 years versus keeping it for three months. And that's one of the biggest issues. So like, for example, the agents that worked on your accounts, they look at it and they were like, oh, I can make money. You know, I don't care how I price them. I don't care about this because I want to make short-term money. I looked at it as you have a great business model. If I know how to properly put this business together and I know how to present Jeff Lerner as this incredible entrepreneur who has built an incredible platform, and I'm going to show him and I'm going to become your payments arm. And that's, that's an important thing too. I will always, whether it's payments or not, I will show value to somebody. I become an integral part of their business. So outside of me just saying, great, here's credit card processing for you. 
I want you to leverage me that if, if, if you ask me, if I look at your Facebook page and I go, by the way, you know, just so you know, I know it's not my expertise, but you should really be putting these, you know, these pictures on your posts. You should really be doing this. I become such a critical part of their overall business because I, I provide value outside of just let me make money off of you. So, you know, a, a Mexican restaurant using that as an example in payments. Yeah. I'm going to come in there. There's other people trying to come in there and, and make money off of them. Right. I'm going to come in there. They need, they need credit card processing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them not only how to, to reduce the rate. So I'm going to save them money, but then I'm going to become so tightly ingrained in their business that they're going to lean on me. They can call me, they can text me. They can say, Hey, Patricia, what do you think about doing this really quick? We're going to have a pop-up up truck. Can you get me a terminal next week? I want to be the one that suggests it. I want to be able to say, Hey, by the way, you guys saw that fair um, that's down the road from you guys. Why don't I send you a terminal and go do a little pop-up shop and make tapas over there? That's it's, it's, those are the things that I think separates anybody from being part of the competition. I want to be different. I want to be the unicorn. I don't want to be part of their pack. I want, I want to be that person that when they think of payments, I, I want them to look at a credit card and thank me. That's it. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say this, um, you know, that we're good friends. This is a big love fest. We can, you know, we both value each other. So it is what it is, but like, I'm going to say this, not, not even really for your benefit. It's for everybody else listening. Like Patricia has, has really blown me away through this relationship because like, I mean, I know you personally, like you don't, you could stop working today. You could have stopped working four years, you know, before I knew you and, and like never wanted for anything. You don't, you, you know, you have a great life. You, you know, I, I don't want to like share too many of your personal details, but like Patricia has the life that like, all the people fronting on Instagram, trying to look like they have the life, like Patricia and, and, and her husband, Dave, like they actually have the life. And yet literally you've never said, Jeff, here, can you call my assistant? Jeff, um, can, you just, can you just contact support with that? Like you're always like, Jeff, call me. I will fix it for you. Whatever it is, I will fix it for you. And if you have a friend, I don't care if they do $20,000 a month, or $20 million a month. I want to be the resource. I want to, like you've, I don't get the sense that you've changed. No. At any level in terms of being a scrappy, value-focused, helpful, positive person. And, and I mean, you know, I just want to say that because I, again, we're looking for the millionaire secrets here. It's like, don't ever be too good to be helpful to people that are willing to pay you. Yep. And yet we see that online. I see people that are like, they're like, I'm like, you haven't even arrived and you're <laughs> trying to act like you're too good for business. You know, the, the people that have arrived are the people that never start acting too good for business. Yep. And, and, and I'm so happy you said that because you get, you kind of get to this position in your life where you go, am I making myself so I, and I've questioned myself and that's, that's why I'm happy you said that. I have questioned myself a million times by saying, should I post that? Should I make myself too accessible? Cause then people aren't going to think, you know, that, um, that I'm big enough or people aren't going to think that it's a weird head game, right? Like, because you know, Dave and I, we literally, people are like, God, I can't believe, gosh, I can't believe you guys are getting on the phone with me. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't we? We're, we're in payments, right? So we're not, and you're right. If I didn't want to do this tomorrow, probably wouldn't have to do it anymore. 
the thing is, is that I think it's so important that someone, and granted, it's about bandwidth as well, right? So you only have so much bandwidth, but I will tell you this, that when someone texts me, I'll be like, I want to help you right now, but I want to, but I like talking to people because I think that when you get, you get too big and you make yourself where, you know, like on Facebook, if you send me a Facebook message right now, I'm the one that's going to reply. You're not going to get an automated thing that goes through. People will tell me, they're like, well, don't you want to, you know, you're just so busy and so many people. I'm like, if I have the ability to talk to everybody, I'm going to do it for as long as I possibly can because I love what I do. And I think you, I think, I think people get too big for themselves. You know what I mean? And that, that makes, that loses your value. There's going to be an, and a few years ago, I will say this, maybe I can't remember exactly what, maybe it was like six years ago, seven years ago. I actually got to that point, right? I was like, I didn't want to get, I, maybe I got burnt out. I don't know what it was. I may have hit complete total burnout, but I was like, you know what? I've already established myself. Let so-and-so call them. Let so-and-so call them. And I was letting other people call them. And when you're not watching your own store, that becomes a very, very, very deadly game to play because you will be forgotten. You will, you don't realize how quickly you will get replaced. So that was a lesson that I had to learn for myself is that I need to stay in front. I don't have to be crazy in front, but I can't be better. Like, I can't think I'm better than I, I am. You know what I mean? No matter how big I get. And that's just, that's an, I'm glad that you recognize that because it's, I, I've never changed who I am from the day I was that 19 year old till the day I am now. I'm the same. And everyone will tell you that I am literally the same exact person. I hope a, you know, a growth. I'm sure I've had growth in my life, but I still am. I just truly want to help people. And I don't, and that's never changed. Yeah. It's like your, your brain has clearly changed, but it doesn't feel like your heart has changed. No, zero. Um, And, and I mean, as a practical matter, I, I called you a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, I've got a friend who wants to grow his business from, you know, whatever, a million a month to 10 million a month. And he's got all the, the things in place to do it, but he just needs a good payments relationship. Yeah. And I had told him, you got to talk to my friend, Patricia. That doesn't happen if you're pawning me off. Right. Of right. Course. You don't have people bringing you hundred million dollar a year accounts. If Correct. you've gotten them used to being pawned off. Yep. That, that's true. And, and you have to treat, and this is something for everybody is that you, I don't care. Like I know I'll get messages all the time. Hey, do you have, do you have somebody else, Patricia, that they could speak to? They're only doing uh, 2000 a month, right? They'll say, I don't want to bother you with that. And I'm like, do you know that 90% of my business has come from $2,000 a month accounts that ended up saying, Oh, I'm in a $2,000 a month account, but my brother owns 500 Wendy's or they own a, you know, they own a a $30 million a month MLM account. Never, ever. I will get on any call. I don't care if they do $5 a month. I don't care if they're starting up. I don't care what it is. I get on that phone. So, and I I think everyone should be that way in every business. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's funny. I've, I've had to wrestle with this too, because, because my business is so based around internet visibility. Like I, I, my business literally directly correlates to visibility, probably even more than yours. Cause it's yeah. like, if I'm, if I have a million impressions a week, great. Now I need 2 million now. You know what I mean? So, so I do hit those, those log jam points where like I have to put up, you know, yeah. interface points, 
But what I would encourage for anybody listening to this is like, don't decide that you're at the point where you want to distance yourself from your potential revenue. The market will decide for you when you are physically too exhausted, too overscheduled, to where you're actually hurting yourself because your response time is like, man, they texted me and, and I've keep telling myself to get back to them and it's been nine days and I haven't been able to, when, even though you're working 16 hours a day, when you're at that point, okay, great. Have your assistant respond for you, but don't just decide. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I just decided today that my time is worth more than that. Bullshit. The market hasn't decided yet, so your decision right. doesn't matter. Exactly. 100%. Uh, so I, I got to ask another question. Um, because, and again, I'm, I'm imposing some assumptions because of my history in the payments industry, but like, I'll be really surprised if I'm not spot on with this one. You must have had some interesting, challenging aspects to your career because of being a woman in payments and banking. Yes. Is that right? <laughs> Cause like I've seen, I've been around this industry and it's a, it's a heavily male dominated space, right? Yep. And, and they're not like super open-minded progressive men either. Right. Right now. Okay. So tell me about that. What's that been like? So, so my mom, I think we've talked about this. So my mom, um, uh, long story short, she was orphaned at 10 years old. Her mom died. Her father shipped her off to boarding school. Um, when she was 10, she came to New York. Long story short, she put herself through college. My mom has, my mom's a beautiful woman, number one. So growing up, I mean, she walked into a room, she turned heads. That's the way it was. It wasn't the kind of bimbo-y type. It was more like just beautiful. Right. And she lived in corporate, she worked in corporate America her whole life. And one thing that my mom taught me from the time I was very, very, very little is when you walk into a room, you have to lead number one. Don't think of yourself like, um, I'm doing this and, and because I'm a woman or this. She never let me use being a woman as a crutch ever. Like that was not, that vocabulary was not allowed. When you go into that room and you're working with men or when I walk into any kind of meeting, the first thing she taught me is you lead with that brain and the rest will help you. But, you know, it, it, regardless, it helps you because it just does. But you lead with the brain, you lead with your humor, and you make sure you're packed with ammo um, to be able to back it up, right? So for me, you know, I think a lot of the things that, that I would face and, and I could actually talk about it now because of, I, I think they're bankrupt. Well, they definitely bankrupt. So I had worked for this company and there was this young CEO. So this is, you know, it, it was a very, very, it was a, a biometrics company when I had transferred out of iBill and the company had actually gotten acquired. And this guy, he was the CEO. Um, it was, I think our the company was like, he had raised something like 300, $400 million dollars. Um, his ammo was basically, uh, offering stock to the girls that he would sleep with, right? The marketing girls. For me, I really wanted, I thought that I had a lot to offer in terms of what I could bring to this as payments technology for my space. So 
you know, to make a long story short, we were in Las Vegas and I had been waiting. I had put together an entire presentation and he tried to come up to my room all coked out and tried to basically say that I would, he wanted to hear my presentation, right. um, he hear it. And, you know, he, I ended up not letting him obviously come up to my room and you know, I, I went back to him. I said, well, are, are you still going to listen to my presentation? I did. Am I going to get the stock? You know, cause I really, I got so much less stock than everybody else and basically got told no, like that. It wasn't going to happen. He wasn't interested in it. Three months later, um, the whole company went under because he had been doing cocaine with these executives and blew through all the money. But, you know, that was really the only time. And it, and it, and there's another point to this too, is that, you know, when I used to go to all these shows and we talk about like affiliate summit and all these shows, right? right. And I was in a very weird position being a woman. The fact that I would have competition there, right? Obviously competitors right. and I'd have my merchants and these merchants would say, Oh, we're going uh, to the strip club. Come on, Patricia, come with me. And I'd go, guys, I'm like, I'm the one managing your money, you know, and I'm in my twenties. So it was, I could have gone out there and I could have partied and I could have done all this stuff. And, and instead, I'm like, you know what, guys, um, I, don't you want me to be the responsible one? I'm the one handling your merchant account stuff. And, and I really had to make those very active choices to go to my hotel room and not go out to party with them. And I sat there going, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose him because they're going out with X, Y, Z right now. And he's getting them high and he's going here and he's day buying them all the strippers and he's doing this. And did you know, I never, ever lost one single merchant because they would always tell me that at the end of the day. They're happy I went back. Like I'm managing yeah. their money for them. So, you know, it was always an interesting space to navigate, but I think I didn't have trouble because I've never put that label on me of being anything different than what I am. I'm a, I'm a payments expert. So it didn't matter if I was a guy, it didn't matter if I was a girl. Um, I didn't have to, I didn't have to act a certain way to win business ever, which was great. Um, and it just, I, I think it came natural because I was able to back it up. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, obviously I could never empathize or speak to the experience of being a female in business. You know, I have, I, I can say my mom was an attorney. Um, she was a partner at a big five law firm. I mean, she's a very successful, uh, high powered attorney. She was the first female partner in that firm. Wow. And, and, and so I, I hear a lot. I mean, that was, that was corporate law. They weren't like, Oh, maybe they were. I don't know. I was a kid. Maybe they were going to clubs and doing coke and whatever. But I, I was never exposed to that. But she certainly would have been the, the same one to be like, guys, I'm, I'm staying home. Um, right. But I, I do. I remember her. You know, the bottom line is she was just smart. Like, yeah. she, you know, she was, I think, first or second in her class of law school. And it, but I mean, she did. Why, and she had me. She had me three months before she took the bar. And she was pregnant her whole senior year of law school. But she just was like, she had the same attitude that like, you just have to honestly be, be probably you have to be at least as good and it's not fair, but you might even have to be better. Yeah, it's true though. Yeah. You, you, and you have, and, and the thing is, I think a lot of people say that's not fair. Well, I think that the whole concept of fair is a big waste of time Yep. because that's, that's like hating mountains because the world's not flat. It just isn't flat. Climb right. the damn mountain. Yeah. It's not going anywhere and use it, be better. 
If that's the challenge, do it. Right? It's, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish by origin, by ethnicity, by heritage. I have a Jewish last name. To be honest, I try to make sure I'm a little extra generous sometimes. <laughs> it's true. That. And I don't come off stingy. And I'm, maybe that's politically incorrect to say, but it's like, okay, so if I have a little bit of a thing about, well, maybe I should just be a little extra generous, that's not like such a freaking terrible thing. That's not. You're right? just doing uh, my mom's Spanish. My dad was Jewish, right? So, you know, I, I have a whole other, you know, things to say about that too. But I think, you know, you can just like with, with being a woman, if I have to work a little bit harder and, and, you know, funny enough, like I, I'll talk to Dave about it sometimes. Like when I used to go to these corporate retreats or corporate events and stuff, right. The, they would always schedule me with the wives at the spas right, instead right. of with them at the golf, you know? So, cause at that point I didn't play golf, but it would be like, we'd get to the hotel and I'm ready for all the meetings and all this stuff. And they'd, and then I'd look at the itinerary and the tea times. And it was like, these were my bosses that I was really trying to impress, you know, like this was an opportunity to be with the executive from San Francisco and all this stuff. And I'm with, his wife and the other one's girlfriend at the spa and I'm not on the tea sheet to play. And I'm like, you know, you just, it was those things where you just feel like you're going to like, you know, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like I thought that, you know, and now looking back on it, it, it really had zero impact on how far I got ahead just because I wasn't at that. It, it meant absolutely nothing that I wasn't at that tea at that golf game. Yeah. And, and I can see that. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, it's, it's payments. It's yeah. a quantitative business. Right. It's, a, it's a quantitative business with a qualitative aspect of maturity, trust, stability, integrity. So like, as long as you're demonstrating intellectual competence and all those intangibles that make people feel safe, right? that's way better than be in the life of the party. Right. And also not being judgmental or stuffy. Like, you know, when somebody sits there and says, Hey, I'm doing this, you know, biz op, you don't want to act like you're a, you know, or dating was, you don't want to act like you're the, the stuffy underwriter in the room either. Right. So right. You, I think it's, I think it's one of those things. Like I grew up with all brothers, right. So I grew up with a house full of all boys and I think that really helped as well. So you could kind of be, you could be, you kind of play both ends. You know what I mean? I could have the conversations with everybody else, but I don't have to act this way. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like I was able to be a chameleon and fit into everywhere. Yeah, um, you said that term chameleon. I was yeah. literally thinking that word, especially, you know, I think about your business. I mean, you deal with internet marketers, which I mean, I've been to affiliate summit. They can be everything from like buttoned up, you know, Amish almost to like the most insane rock star debaucherous lunatics. And, and, you know, sometimes they're successful when they're 60, sometimes they're successful when they're 19. Yeah. And, and, and then you deal, you know, you deal with CBD, uh, you know, which, you know, the cannabis space, uh, even adult. I mean, you've dealt with adult yeah. dating sites. You also deal with, like you say, a Wendy's franchisee with 500 units you know, I know you have a large grocery store chain in your portfolio, like that chameleon like ability that isn't, doesn't strike me based on what I know about you. It's like, you're never, you're never putting on an act. 
No. You're just not putting on pretense. Right. And no fluff. There's no, I, I think that, I think people are just so tired of the fluff, you know, like here they, you know, you're saying what you want them to hear. I'm going to lay it out as factual information. This is what you have. This is what you need. And I'm going to show you how to get there in these steps. And I think, I think that's why people, you know, value me for that is because I'm, do I want the business? Yes. But am I going to sit here and do a whole tap dance and song and dance to win it from you? No, I, I know I could help them. And if I can't, I'm the first person to tell somebody I, I did it today. I knew this woman was better off sticking with Stripe. It just, I know that she, it was just going to be easier for her with everything she's going through right now. I guarantee you nine out of 10 other people would have done everything to get her to put, complete that merchant account because they wanted that business, you know? And, and I, and I think when we got off the phone, you know, she texted me a message and she goes, I just want you to know, I really appreciate your honesty. She's like, you know, you didn't try to sell me. She's like, I hope I could stay in touch. Can I leverage you for some, you know, one-on-one, she wanted to do one-on-one coaching with me because she's launching this. She's a hypnosis. She's a hypnosis therapist, but for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, you should do it on Facebook and do go live and all this stuff. And then she's like, but I, I can't believe you didn't want, you didn't want to switch my merchant account, but I knew she just went through a divorce and I knew that she just had this and I knew it was going to hurt her credit if we pulled it again and she's trying to get a house. So you know what I mean? It's those, it's those kind of things. Like you just have to be a human at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's totally consistent with my experience of you. Um, (laughs) so I hope everybody's heard in this, and I just want to say, I want to acknowledge you, like whatever your circumstances were. And, and I do, you know, I got to, I'm, pic- I'm trying to picture you back at, at uh, what was it called? Internet Billing Corp or whatever. One of a couple hundred of these agents and these reps. And, and I, I mean, I've got to assume, you know, in terms of just business trajectory and career growth, you're, you know, probably one of the top handful, two, three, maybe number one of all the people that came out of that. In, in that, I would, uh, yeah, I'd probably say out of all the sales reps that have done that, I mean, they, maybe they, maybe there's a few that would disagree because we're still all friends, but I say as a whole, I could say that I'm, I'm definitely number one in this space. So, you know, and I acknowledge you, uh, as a, as a woman and as just a human, I mean, for, for doing that. So we talked a little bit about the economics of payments. Um, and you've got a project you're working on right now that's designed to sort of empower people who maybe are, you know, don't know, may not even know the first thing about what we're talking about to benefit from an experience and possibly even pivot their whole life with the power of payments, right? Is that something you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on it. What, you know, for the last 15 years, I have literally, and, and along with Dave, handpicked and Dave's my husband. Um, we have literally handpicked people who have never had an ounce of training. So the big joke everyone has is, you know, people see us on Instagram, they'll see us golfing all the time. They'll see us snowboarding. They'll see us here, dog sledding, doing all these things. And, and one of the big things we always get asked is, God, do you guys ever work? Like, you know, if people ask us if we're trust fund, Peter, you must have trust funds. Cause you know, we shouldn't be out there at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, on a Tuesday golfing. And 
when we tell people about the business, it is like this immediate light goes on. And I'm like, well, to simplify it, every time a transaction is swiped, someone's getting paid. And that person is someone like me. And they're like, but I thought it was Visa and MasterCard. I'm like, it is Visa and MasterCard, but there's someone like me in between there that gets paid. And they go, huh, well, how would I do? You know, how, cause I know someone who owns, and it's like, it is like this immediate thing where they go, well, I know somebody who owns a business. I own somebody who owns a business. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, over all these years, I've literally taken people and Dave has taken people, you know, we have a golf caddy. He was our, he was our golf caddy. Um, and we taught him from the ground up how to be in payments. And we have a proven track record where everyday people who have never done it, our wedding planner, she wanted it like the, one of our friends who's a wedding planner, um, her name's Erica. She was like, well, what is it that you do again? You know, everyone always wants to know. And she's like, well, why don't I move my wedding planning business? And then once she did that, she's like, well, you know, I know all these vendors and I love it because I'm going to be saving them money. I'm like, that's the point. You're actually saving somebody money. So you're saving people money. You're providing a service. You're making a living. And it could be one time if you feel like doing one merchant account, if you feel like doing it when you're 80 years old and you're on the golf course. So what we did was we said, why don't we create a training platform called Payments Authority? And because again, it comes to what we talked about bandwidth, right? I would love to talk to every single person and teach right. it. But there's so many people who have asked us that we said, let's put this into a full course beginning to end and let people go through the stages similar to being a real estate agent, except, you know, you're going to learn payments. It's transferable to anywhere in the world. So it's not like you have to go state to state and register. If you know a friend in, in Sweden that needs a merchant account and they have a business, you could provide them with a merchant account. So it doesn't matter. It transcends if you have, and Jeff, we talk about your kids, right? The greatest thing, and don't get any ideas with this, but let's say getting your son into payments, right? If your son decided, hey, why don't you give him your first business? Let him start making money off of your account, right? right. That's his first account in payments. All of a sudden now, he comes under my wing, and I'm teaching your son how to be successful and how to become a digital payments expert. And immediately, right there, you've already set him on his path to earning residual income for the rest of his life. So, you know, and that's why I say don't get any ideas here. This is, it is truly, it is a real business. It is something that anybody can learn. You don't need sales because everybody knows someone who owns a business and you could use it as something you do once every month. You can, you can dedicate like, you know, Eric, the, the golf caddy, he now does it full time. This is his, he loves it so much. He has three kids. Um, he's not doing caddying anymore. He is making within the last year and a half, he is making a very, very good living now. And he loves it. He's addicted to it. Now he's getting into high risk. So, you know, he's taking the high risk mastery, all this stuff. But if, if you love something like how much that I have loved payments, imagine now we're going to be able to teach thousands, tens of thousands of people across the world, how to do exactly what we're doing. Like it, it's, it's incredible. So it, it's exciting. It's like, it's a pivot for, it's a pivot for me, but we're not, we're not just coaching people on something that we did 10 years ago. We're in the trenches with them, which is fun, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I, I do the same thing, you know, with, with all the digital marketing stuff I do. It's like, I didn't, I didn't retire and go, oh, let me create a course. Right. In fact, 
by training, what I found is I actually put more pressure on myself to be even better at it so that I can feel more credible and not at all hypocritical. Because the tendency is once you start selling training on a thing to be like, oh, well, I'll just make money selling the training on the thing and I won't do the thing. Right. Frankly, that's what most gurus or authorities end up doing with anything. And I think it's cool that you don't do that. Um, and frankly, I'm not going to let you quit doing payments anytime soon. <laughs> I'm scaling my business too. But um, no, I think that's super cool. And, and listen, I mean, you know, people have listened to my show. Uh, I think you're going to end up probably be in episode, I don't know, 30, 35 when it comes. I, you could go listen to every single episode. This may be the only time I've ever actually, with a person on the show, talked about a, an active thing that people could do right now to like get into a business frankly, yeah. other than my business. Right. Because I don't, I, I have a very pure relationship with my audience and like, I don't bring them stuff. But like I said, I mean, I said this as an honest statement, if I couldn't do what I do for some reason, if all these internet business models were revoked from my life, I mean, I would, I don't know, I don't know there's anything that would have more of a draw for me than payments. Yeah, because it's like I you say, I mean, I, I, you know, as an affiliate marketer, whether it's affiliate, whether it's e-com as you know, when I used to have my agency, it, they were always business models that were based around being a middleman on large volumes of transactions that are going to happen with or without me. Yep. So why not be the one getting paid? Correct. Those are the best business. That's why there's such a value. And you can always val- tell the value of a cash flow business based on A, whether or not someone else would buy that cash flow and B, how much they would pay. Yep. And you know, like if you're, um, you know, if you're a money manager, for example, you may have a, a billion dollars in assets under management. That doesn't make you a billionaire. You know, you're earning 0.15% of assets under management per quarter or whatever. But then you say, hey, I want to sell that book of business like to, you know, Fidelity or Charles Schwab or something. There's a huge value placed on that cash flow that's potentially dozens or even hundreds of times the monthly value of the cash flow itself. That tells you that it's a valuable business. And payments has a if somebody built a book of payments business, let's say hypothetically they didn't want it anymore. Maybe they needed cash because they wanted to, you know, pay off their parents' house or something, they can sell it, right? All day long. You're able to sell, and that's it's actually a huge business selling off your portfolio. Um, you have you have large processors that want to kind of buy up these portfolios, especially of low risk. So a lot of these low risk type of agents that have you know maybe a hundred swipe businesses, those are all low risk transactions. So that's very very valuable to an ISO who's trying to keep a balanced portfolio. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're able to sell it. I mean, it's and it and I think what is great about payments and you know I could go on forever is the fact that it literally can happen to you even when you least expect it, you know? So I'll use the golf course analogy, right? And it doesn't matter how rich somebody is either. We have talked to people who are as rich as could be. And the second you, and they're retired and they're like, well, you know what? I just want to pay for my kid's private school. I want to make $200,000 to pay for my tax bill for my house on the ocean when they hear about it and like, they know like one guy we're golfing with and he said, you know, funny enough, I know, um, and I won't name the name because it would give it away, but the largest moving truck company, you know, one of the largest moving truck companies in the world is my best friend. And what if we move their processing over? I'm like, 
you'd pay your house bill, you know, like, so it's, it is something and it could happen when you're 60 years old. It could happen when you're 70 years old. I mean, it's, it's a business that is really interesting to everybody. And you don't have to use it as your full-time thing. It could be literally like anything else. It could be a part-time thing when you hear somebody say, oh, I have a business. Oh, by the way, who do you use? Well, and the, there is one caveat is that it's only relevant to businesses that transact in money. Yeah, correct. <laughs> that was a joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this like, is like every business. I'm uh, like, oh, okay. are we talking about crypto right now? Are we? <laughs> no, actually, nowadays, yeah, there, is, there are exceptions to that, right? Um, but, uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy cool business. So, okay, here's what I'm going to suggest. Cause I know we both have appointments we have to yes. get to and we talk all the time. So it's not like a sad goodbye here. Um, <laughs> but, but so I'm, we've put a page together on our millionaire secrets, uh, com domain. That's so it's millionairesecrets.com slash Patricia, uh, P A T R I C I A, which I've, I've never seen Patricia spelled any other way, but I won't assume that everybody knows that. Um, and we'll put that link in the description wherever this uh, appears. But I would like to get a link from you of how people can learn more about Payments Authority. For sure. And again, I don't do this with most of my guests because it's like, yeah, I mean, there's just only, you know, everybody's got a thing. I mean, and I always want them to promote their thing, but as far as like a way to make money, Real, yeah. That's something you know, I naturally am pretty wary about, but like this is legit. I, I know enough about it. So I'll get that link from you. We'll put it at millionairesecrets.com slash Patricia. Um, as far as just following you and Dave and getting to know you better, uh, where, where would they go for that? And we'll, obviously we'll put those links on the page too. But. Sure. So the best way to find us on Instagram is meet the Carlins. So Patricia and Dave Carlin, but it's meet the Carlins. It's mm-hmm. pretty, you know, you could see all of our life. Um, on LinkedIn, it's Patricia Carlin. That's really where I do a lot of stuff, but meet the Carlins on LinkedIn or meet the Carlins on Instagram literally gives you links to everything. And and you get to really, you get to really be part of our life there. We, we let you in, we mix it up with good stuff and, you know, hopefully we'll see you in park city. Yeah. And you get to see the view out those windows, the insane yeah. view at their house. <laughs> it is, it is behind there. It is ridiculous. It's like, yeah, uh, I'm excited. Like I'm going to be up there next month. Um, yep. Can't wait. Okay. Awesome. Well, Patricia, this has been a blast. Thank yeah. you for just being you and giving amazing value and authenticity to the Millionaire Secrets audience. Uh, any, any last words? No, I absolutely loved it. Um, I will say this, that I have declined a lot of podcasts in my entire life um, just because I, I don't know. It just went, number one, I'm shy, which you wouldn't know that, <laughs> but um Anything that you've done, you know, for me, it just always has what we talk about with authenticity and real value. And for me to put, you know, my name on something is, you know, I've, I've always been my brand. So, um, you know, you, when you asked me, it was an absolute no brainer. Well, I, I appreciate that. It means, it means a lot really. And, and, and I know that you honestly, you, you took that same, you went to bat for me in that same way when I was in a very a hard to really describe what industry is Jeff in? Like there's, I'm, there's not really a category for what I do. And you had to go to bat to explain like, listen, at the end of the day, whatever this guy's business in, he is a good solid person. And that counts for something yeah. in, in, you know, in dealing with money. Right. Yeah, it does. So I appreciate that. And I was really, I was really glad that you said yes. And again, I'm excited. Everybody got to hear from you. I'll get those links and we'll share more about payments with the world. 
Awesome. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you, yeah. guys. Thanks for being here, Patricia. Take care. Bye, Jeff. Bye. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.